Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Salad podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I'm joined once again by Katie Midwinter. Uh, how are things with you Katie? Have you been keeping an eye on the racing? Yeah, I've had a quite a nice week actually. Um, got some winners at the start of the week and that was after the brilliant weekend we had of course. Uh, Longchamp, it promised to deliver and it really did ace impact he was fantastic winner of the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe wasn't he um my selection continuous I thought ran very well only a couple of weeks after his St. Ledger win a uh, very respectable performance and yeah, it was a brilliant weekend um really enjoyed it. it's one of my favorite weekends of the year uh, and it really was fantastic and yeah as I said a, a good week so far and um looking forward to a few good races on this weekend yeah, there it is. It's not the best race we've ever seen, but we've still got a group one to talk about, so we'll get stuck into that in a, in a bit. Uh, also, as well, I just want to apologise for not doing a podcast for ARC weekend. As some of you might know, I'm, I've been in Greece and Macedonia the last uh, week or so, and I'm now back in, in, in the UK. Um, I just wasn't able to have time to record, and uh, to be fair, I didn't even pay much attention to the race in last weekend but I did manage to, to watch the arc personally I actually don't think it was a great renewal I think people maybe get getting a little bit carried away with with, with eighth impact um I don't think it was a vintage year by any means but ace impact did what he had to do he's unbeaten obviously but I just don't think um I don't think that it's a particularly strong division this year um but but fair play to connections with winning with him but um yeah I, I didn't personally think it was the greatest race of all time but um yeah let's get into the racing then so the the first race we're going to look at is going to be the 150 at ascot it's a blue eagle roost stakes it's a listed race over five furlongs and emma artiana is your favorite nine to four we've then got corker at four to one nymphadora at 11 to two uh rage of bambi at 13 to two designer 12s chipstead 16s along with zudu spirit and bigger are the rest um, Katie, Emma Artiana is certainly the class act in this race. He's currently your, your nine to four favourite. Do you think he's a, a good thing to get favourite backers off to a good start here? Well, I'll be taking him on. I I've backed him a few times this summer when he's been running at really big prices in these group ones, but he's always just disappointed. And now this is a listed race. He's seven pounds clear of his rivals, and you'd really expect him to be able to win it, but he failed to justify favouritism at York and he hasn't won since winning the Sprint Cup stakes in 2021. Now, he should be winning on paper, he should, but I just couldn't back him at the moment, especially at the, at that price as a favourite. Um, I wasn't really sure what to take him on with uh, because there's a few in here that maybe they're not quite up to this level, but this isn't the deepest race, so they could have found a nice opportunity to win uh, some black type a designer for John Butler. He's been doing, she's been doing well in, in these handicaps. Um, and you just wonder if she could show a little bit more improvement. She could maybe make the frame. The one that interested me was George Bowie's uh, Zudu spirit. She's a new filly for the yard. Um, she's been running in France. So she wears a first time tongue tie and she has some decent form. Um, she had three wins in France to her name. She's yet to make an impression at this level, really. But I think the drop back in trip on a better ground, it, it could maybe be to 
to her liking. And I just think at 16 to 1, she's she's quite a big price. I'm going to take a chance on her um, each way to, to be one against the favourite here. Okay, interesting. Yeah, the newcomer from George Beaujard, Zulu Spirit. Um, yeah, always have to respect him and yeah, one to, to maybe note. Um, I'm quite keen to take on Emirati Anna as well. I just don't think our spot is his track. He's been a, a couple of times, never really seemed to show his best form here. So I think he's worth taking on. At the prices, I thought Chipstead was maybe a little bit overpriced at 16 to 1. For Jack Mitchell and Roger Till, connections are reaching four first-time cheap pieces. He finished down the field uh, in the Portland Handicap at Doncaster last time out, but he didn't have the greatest of draws on that occasion. But if you go back two starts ago to when he finished fourth in the Shergar Cup, I didn't think that was a bad run at all. He uh, was closing, um, getting going late on behind Rogue Lightning of Tom Clovers, who's been in really good form uh, this autumn. Um, he went on to win his next uh, start at Doncaster in a listed race, and he wasn't even beaten that far when finishing fifth in the Abbey. So I think that Roger Till um, might have found a good race for, for Chipstead here. Um, he is drawing still one, which might not necessarily be a positive, but he's quite versatile on ground. It's probably going to be uh, good. Uh, the weather's going to be drying out, I think, over the next couple of days. He's got form uh, on, on quick ground. So I think Chipstead at 16 to 1 could certainly give you a, a good run for your money at an each way kind of price. So I'm going to go with Chipstead, and Katie's going to go for Zulu Spirit. We then move on to the 225. Ascot for the Jim Barry Cumberland Lodge Stakes. It's a Group Three over a mile and a half. And Alassie is your favourite, thirteen to eight. We've then got Isra at four to one. Al Cream at nine to two. Claymore returns after a bit of an absence. Uh, he's ten to one. We've then got Castillo at tens. Lastronon at sixteens. Fourteen at twenty fives. And Newcombe Glen is the outsider at thirty three to one. Alassie, um, Katie was called a few names. Uh, by a few people, uh, especially uh, some of his backers, uh, when he finished second behind uh, Adelaide River at Leopardstown last time out. Can he be trusted at 13 to 8 to get the job done? Yeah, I think he can. I was pleased enough that he finished second um, at Leopardstown because I had backed Adelaide River. But really, if you look at the race, he, he should have won that. He's a Group three horse, he's comfortable at this level. I'd say he'd probably be good enough to win a a group two at some stage, but uh, group three, he's the class of the field in this for me. Um, I do think he should win. He won with a little bit in hand uh, in the Rose of Lancaster at Haydock. And I don't think there's going to be too big a threat in this race. Um the one that I'd probably be worried about slightly is Al Karim, who really showed improvement when uh, dropping back in trip at Trust the last time out, beat Lou Stocking there um, by a narrow margin. He'd been running over the staying distances and not really seeing out the trip well. Um, but in saying that, he'd been running in competitive races too at Maidan, uh, at Longchamp before that. And you know, at this level, I think he's probably capable of of winning, um, especially now back over this trip. But I don't think he'll be good enough to beat Alassie if Alassie is 
at his best. He's a course and distance winner um, as well. And I think he, I think I'd probably be siding with him here. I think he's a solid favourite. Israel maybe could show a bit more improvement to, to challenge him. Uh, fellow Shadwell owned horse. But uh, for me, Alassi is going to take all of the beating. And as I said, I think he's quite a solid favourite here. I think 13 to 8 is. It could be a quite a decent price. He's shorter with some bookmakers. Thirteen to eight is the best price available. I don't think that'll be around for too long. Um, I think that's quite a, a bit of value. Yeah. Okay. Al Hazi then it is for Katie. I personally could could let him win at that kind of price. Obviously, he is uh, one of the more classier types in the race, you know. Um, but I'm just never sure of his attitude if it comes up to a battle. The one that I thought was interesting, and you do really have to forgive him, was uh, Claymore for Neil Callan and Jane Chapel Hyam. Now, this horse beat Reach for the Moon here on quick ground over a mile and two at Royal Ascot last year. He's been ultimately a little bit disappointing since then. He's probably not been um, the most straightforward to train, probably had a couple of issues maybe along the way. Uh, was well stuffed by Hookham in the Brigadier Gerard Stakes back at Sandown in May. But I just think that it's interesting that they've decided to, to keep him and train him and up him and trip here. He's by New Bay, who, who's a sire that I've got plenty of time for. Um, and I, I just think there could be maybe a little bit more improvement with him. And I think tactically, if Neil Callum decides to go to the front, there's not a lot of pace on him here. Like You've got the likes of Valazi. Isra, Al Kareem, they'd like to come from off the pace. Um, maybe Pastilio could maybe go forward. Um, I just thought there wasn't that much pace on him here. And if Claymore gets uh, an easy lead uh, on the front end, I just thought Neil Callum might be able to dictate the race. And, and 10 to 1 could be a bit of a big price then. Um, obviously, he needs to bounce back after a disappointing run last time out. But if he is on song, um, he might he might be worth an each way squeak here, but it's not a very confident selection. I thought this was quite tough, but I thought Al Azi he was probably um I thought he was beatable here um so but it's just what to to take him on with what can be trusted um so I thought maybe Claymore could be the answer, but if you had a a fancy in here, I wouldn't necessarily be put you off uh, if you want to take him on Al Azi if you had an alternative like there are a few that you could try and get him beat, but. I just thought they were maybe a little bit shorter at the top of the market with Israel and Al Kareem. Okay, so that's the 2.25 covered. We're now moving on to the 3 o'clock at Ascot. It's the John Guest Racing Bengal Stakes over six furlongs. Comanche Falls is your favourite, 10 to 3. We've then got Anaf at 5 to 1, Garris at 13 to 2, Dark Trooper at 7 to 1, along with Juan La Paz, uh, Happy Romance 11s, Pink Crystal 12s, Romstar 14s, Bigger are the rest. Now, there's a couple of old favourites in here for you, Katie. Uh, Happy Romance is one that jumps out. Are we going to be her going with her again? Yeah, uh, I am that predictable. Now, I'm sticking with her. I love this mare, um, and I always have belief in her. thought she ran very well um, and carrying quite a hefty weight on handicap debut uh, at Doncaster. I don't like uh, when she runs over seven furlongs, so I let her run um, at Longchamp on Sunday. She finished a respectable seventh. It, it wasn't a bad run, but I much prefer her over the shorter trips, over five and six. 
And I think dropping back down to six, it, it should see her to, to good effect. Uh, if you look back at her form this season, she won a listed race at Bath earlier on in the season. And the form of that has been franked multiple times. Uh, Perdica, who finished second to her there, she finished second in the Prix de la Bay behind Highfield Princess last Sunday. Getter Head was second in the Fine Five uh, on Irish Champions Festival weekend. Designer uh, won a, a nice handicap at York as well. And the form has been working out nicely. Nymphadora was also in that race. Um, you know, I think it was a it was a good level of form and and she really is being overlooked in this field at a price of eleven to one because she has performed well at group one level before. This is a group three. Now I know Comanche Falls is he's a very likable horse and, and he's gonna take all of the beats in, I'd say you know, it'd be quite tough to beat him if he's in the same form as he's been in um, many times this season. But apart from him, I think Happy Romance is, it should be second or third favourite uh, in here. Anaf was very impressive at Doncaster too, I have to say, carrying top weight. Um, but otherwise, I think Happy Romance has a great chance of making the frame. And if she is at her best, I think this is a winnable race for her. Uh, and eleven to one is a plenty of value uh, from an each way perspective. So I'll definitely be sticking with her. But I, I do see Comanche Falls as having a favourite chance because he's such a consistent horse, and I love the battling attitude that that he shows, especially when he was running at York last time out. I was really surprised that he was able to win there because he looked beaten a couple of furlongs out, but he he stayed on well um, to win. Uh, and I think if he is in that kind of form, then he is going to be difficult to beat. But I, I will be siding with Happy Romance. Okay, Happy Romance it is for Katie. I thought Anath was probably the most likely winner of this race. I thought that was some effort to win the Portland oh, off top weight. And even the time before that, when he finished seventh, he was only beaten three and a half lengths in Group 1 company. Uh, behind uh, regional uh, should have been in a ring as well finished second in that race ran a blinder over in uh, France last week uh, wasn't it in the Prix de Fari so, so the form there doesn't look that bad um, Comanche Fools obviously consistent but he has to give three pounds away to Anav so Anav's quite well well treated here um, so I, I do think at 5-1 to one, I don't think that's a bad price he finished third as well at the track uh, over slightly short um, when uh, finishing third in the in the King's Dam behind Bradsell, uh, when he outran his odds of 50 to 1. He's been such an admirable horse for connections. But I think, yeah, over this trip, if, if they do go quick, they could set up really nicely for him. And um, yeah, I, I'm I'm quite confident Anaf is going to go close here. So he would be my idea of the winner of the Ben Guff Stakes. And now we're going to move on to the 335 at Ascot for the Howden Challenge Cup. Baradage are favourite six to one. We've then got Potmaster thirteen to two, Fresh seven to one, Quinault, who's been a winning machine this season, next in at eight, Hickory twelves, Biggles fourteens, Glenfinnan sixteens, bigger are the rest. Katie, um you have the floor here. Um Potmaster, I know he's been a bit of a cliff horse for you, but you managed to get a bit of redemption back last time out. Um is he on your shortlist for the race? Yeah, he would be. There's a few in here that, that I've backed plenty of times, really. Pop Masters, you mentioned. Bless him. Ropey Guest. Fresh. 
um, Glenn Finnan is in there, Orban. There's a lot that, that could be good enough to win. I probably will not be having a, a bet in this race just because I think it is it is quite competitive. And there's a few in here that probably missed their chances in other handicaps this summer and are really coming here to try and win this one. Um, so I think it is it is quite competitive and maybe I'll have another look and I'll I'll pick one out and, and go for one each way. But uh, at this moment in time, there's, there isn't one that's really um, standing out to me. And so I'd probably leave it. But I will give a mention to Glenn Finn. And I fell in love with him when I saw him at York uh, last season when he was a juvenile. He finished second to the Godolphin odds on Desert Order uh, in a maiden there when he was... 33 to 1. I really like the look of him in the paddock. Uh, and he went on to win his maiden uh, next time out in a subsequent race at York. This season has been a little bit up and down for him. Um, he's been running in handicap company of late and he managed to win um, at classified stakes at Ascot uh, in his penultimate start. But he was quite disappointing once again when sent off as a 7 to 2. Um, at Newmarket recently, beaten well by Catch the Paddy. Um, so I think in Handicap Company, he isn't the most reliable choice, but that probably reflects in his price of, of 16 to 1. I would just like to think that there's a little bit more improvement to come from him. And he has run at Asker over course and distance, so it could be a track that he likes and uh, maybe he'll be able to rediscover some form here Um but definitely uh, not a strong fantasy because I think there's a, there's many horses in here that have a lot more experience than him. Um, and so it could be a little bit tough for him, but it'll definitely be a good experience for him to hopefully learn from and, and maybe he can put in a promising performance that he'll be able to build on from there. Um, but he's a horse that's definitely always on my shortlist. He's in my track and I hope that he will be able to show a bit more progression. Okay, uh, Glenn Finnan it is for Katie. Um, for, um, David O'Meara had the keys to this race. He won the, the race last year uh, with Escobar. He's going to be running again. Neil Callum's but the first time cheap piece has gone him. You can never rule him out uh, at this time of year. You've got as well Blue for You, Roscolin, Pearl Dorr, but I'm going to give a chance to an old favourite of mine, Orban. Uh, Jason Hart's been booked for the ride here. I just thought he finally was getting his act together when he um, finished uh, fifth at York last time out. Then, uh, quite strongly at the finish, um, he's actually been surprisingly dropped a pound for that run. So he's now down to a mark of 89. He's very well handicapped now. Um, he's eight pound lower than when he last won uh, last season. So he's becoming really well handicapped. He can be a little bit in and out with his form. They put the first time cheap pieces on last time out and the headgear is retained. Jason Hart as well has had a good uh, record um, for riding for David O'Meara. He's only ridden twice but one of them uh, was a winner so um, that's definitely interesting he's been booked for the ride and Jason Hart has been flying as well with late. He's been amongst the winners so I, I think that's an interesting uh, combination and I just think uh, Orban could be could be the pick of those um, so that's why he would probably just get the, the vote but I do think David O'Meara is going to go pretty close to at least winning uh, this race with one of his contenders, but it's just working out uh, which one it is. But if I had to choose, I would go for Orban. 
So now I'm uh, going to move on. That's Ascot covered. We're moving on to Newmarket now for the 130 for the British EVF Premier Phillies Handicap. Um, 11 Phillies here. Whispering Words is your favourite. For Ryan Moore and Charlie Appleby, we don't see that combination very often. 9-4. Red Daniels next in along with Totnes at 7-1. Queen Regent at 10s. Morning Perm 11s. Lady Boba at 12s. Eamon High 14s. Bigger are the rest. Katie, another competitive looking handicap here. Um, whispering words, obviously got that interesting combination with Ryan Moore booked. Did you thought that? Did you think that was the way to play here? Uh, probably. She's the one that stands out. I watched her run um, on her last run at Kempton, where she was beaten by what looks to be a progressive horse in Venus Rosewater. She was beaten the neck there and sent off as the Eva Money favourite. She's making a handicap uh, debut here. She is the standout. She's the one that, that really catches the eye uh, coming from Soul One. Obviously, that combination, Ryan Moore for Charlie Appleby, we don't see them combining very often, but they have an all-time strike rate of 20% when they do. Um, and I'd say that this filly probably has a favourite chance. Um, the form of her... her Maiden win. She beat five subsequent winners in there, um, so I'd say that you know it's it's quite a good form line. Um, and now in handicap company, she's against a few unexposed types, but um, I think she should go well. The one that I think is represents the biggest danger to her is Rad Danielle because she has that form line when she was half length second to Sweet Memories in a higher class contest. Um, in July and I'd say that if she's able to build on that run um, then she could be the biggest danger to the to the favourite here so Roger Verbiage, Red Danielle uh, by See the Moon as well you'd expect her to improve over further she'd be the one that I, I'd be keeping an eye on um, and of course there's Totnes for the, um, for Andrew Balding she's an experienced filly um, but I'd say I wouldn't be looking to take on the favourite. Um, I'd be quite interested to see how Whispermers is going to get on in in her first handicap. Yeah, you can never rule out um, Charlie Appleby's horses at this venue, especially with Ryan Moore booked up. Um, I thought the one that was slightly overpriced here was uh, Madam Ambassador for, for Charlie Johnson, Franny Norton booked. I just thought with the ground drying out, this would probably suit this horse. Won quite easily last time out um, over the course and distance, uh, winning by four lengths, wasn't stopping. Uh, has been raised seven pounds by the handicap of uh, to a mark of 92. But I just thought this horse, if uh, if she got an easy lead out on the front end of things, she could be definitely there coming to the business end, um, coming up the dip. Um, it, it can be hard to make up ground on the rolling mile, especially when it's on the quicker side. Um, and with this uh, this little heat, mini heat wave we're having uh, in October, uh, coming in uh, on Friday, I just thought, I just thought with the ground drying out, she was massively overpriced. I think she should at least be half her price. Obviously, you've got some uh, less exposed horses at, towards the top of the betting, but. I don't think Madame Ambassador should be underestimated and the Johnsons have been, by their standards, going pretty well the last couple of weeks, operating at 22% strike rate. So I uh, shouldn't be ignored. And for me, I, I think this one is overpriced. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take a chance here with uh, Madame Ambassador. 
We then move on to the 205, where this is an absolute minefield of two-year-olds. Um, 205, it's the £150,000 Tassels October Auction Stakes. Zulu Chief is your favourite at even money. We've then got Wood Hey Wonder at 9-2, Grey Grey at 11s, Midnight Runner 12s, Beanham 14s, Drama 16s, along with Invincible Aura, and, and bigger are the rest. Katie... Even money shot here in a in in a twenty two runner race. Uh, two year olds, you got to be a brave man to be getting stuck in at that kind of price, don't you? Or a brave woman. Um, yeah. <laughs> which uh, yeah, I I think Zulu Chief is could be the nap of the day. To be honest, um, he is ten pounds late of his rivals on ratings. He won that. Uh, competitive handicap at York at the Ebor Festival meeting, beating Rafe Beckett's Starlust, um, who has gone on to, to win a Group 3. I think it's very good form, and I think Zulu Chief is by far the best on, on what we've seen so far in this field. So I'm going to keep it simple and, and say Zulu Chief, probably um, the nap of the day. Nap of the day, even money shot in a in a twenty two runner race full of two year olds. Uh, I I couldn't be having that personally. I can see why he's uh, he is favourite because of that form and it's when he gets on the front end, he, he's an absolute terror to, to to peg back. But I'm gonna have to, to to take him on. I should also as well just mention that I think favourites have actually got quite a good record in this race over the years. Last year, there was a winning favourite. In fact, actually, just looking at the, the role of honour in recent years, you've had a 5-2, to two, a 3-1, to one, and there was a 5-4 to four winning favourite back in 2019, and you, you're getting really big fields in this race. So it has been done uh, before in recent years, and, yeah, why not? It might happen, it might happen again this year. The one that I thought that might be able to run outrun their odds slightly... Uh, was Commander Crouch for um, for Richard Hannon. Now, this horse finished uh, fourth last time out behind a Boyfriend, his stable mate. But I just thought that coming back to this better ground might suit him. It was a bit of a bog that day, and I just think he would prefer slightly quicker ground now. I mean, he's a 33-1 he's a poke here. But I just thought if the ground's going to dry out, back to six furlongs, maybe didn't quite stay the seven last time out. With extra places on offer, you probably get five, six places on the day. I just thought he was slightly overpriced. So he would be my uh, dar, uh, long shot in this commander crouch. I will just give a quick small mention to a 200 to one shot in, uh, in this race. And that's Priscilla's Joy, who, uh, I don't know if you remember, Chris, but when we were at Kempton, um, the race I was previewing there, she was one of the newcomers in that race, and, and she made no impression at all, and she didn't really shake as though she was going to be winning anytime soon. Um, and again, on her reappearance at, at Kempton uh, last week, she, she didn't show much ability at all. But I, I, I like her pedigree. She's related to a few good winners. Um, she's by Cracksman um, out of Athara. And I just think she's one that maybe one day she'll be able to, to win 
a nice race. Uh, I'm not suggesting that's here at all. I think six furlongs is a bit sharp for her as well. But um, I'm going to be keeping an eye on her again. I'm hoping that she will show a little bit of improvement um, in the way she's racing. I'd say she's still learning to race. She's very inexperienced. She's shown greenness. Um, but one for the future if she starts showing signs um, of ability. So one to maybe just keep an eye on there is Priscilla's joy. Yeah, you certainly have to keep an eye on them. Ran even worse last time out at Kempton than on debut was beaten 22 lengths so yeah that one is really gonna have to step up but it's good to see that you're um bookending uh, the race Kate. you're going with a favorite and pretty much the rank outsider of the whole field so yeah, though- yeah she she was poor last time but i'm i'm just think she's learning on the job so maybe one day she'll win a race i just want to see her improve a little bit um i'm so- gonna keep a tiny bit of faith in her. So we're doing the forecast and an even money shot to beat a 200 to one shot. <laughs> well, it'd be amazing if that came up. But I'm not as well suggesting that. Okay, Priscilla Joy, maybe one to keep for another day. She might win a cellar or something at Lingfield in a couple of years' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the all weather in January. Right, um, we move on to the free uh, 15 at Newmarket, uh, which is the Virgin Bet Sun Chariot Stakes. It's the feature race, group one on the card for the Phillies and Mares. And Inspire was your favourite at Even Money. We've then got Musk de Savine at uh, 4-1, to one, probably butchered that pronunciation. We've then got Meditate at um, 15-2, Heredia 10s, Copies 12s, Random Harvest 22s, Goldana 25s, Roman Misses the Outsider at 33-1. to one. In Spiral, Katie, they're going to see Frankie the Tory taking the leg up here. Um, it, it, is that going to be good enough to, to get the job done? I think she's the best filly in the field. Uh, she is clear of her British and Irish uh, rivals on ratings. Muxa um, de Savine is probably the biggest danger, really. But I, I think on her level of form, she's going to have to improve a little bit. Um, to match the level of of Inspiral. And I'd say she'd probably prefer the, the ground to be a bit more testing than it's likely to be on, on Saturday. So I think Inspiral is, is going to take all of the beating here, um, to be honest. She's been in for fifth Group 1 success. She's really a, a fantastic filly. Uh, she's just she's been unlucky on a couple of occasions, you know, Ascot, um in the Queen Anne State, she was just narrowly beaten by triple time. Uh, I remember being at Champions Day last year when she completely blew the start and any chance she was going to have of winning, which was a shame. Um, but I think barring any mishaps here, she's she's going to be very difficult to beat. Um, meditate for Aidan O'Brien. Now she's a filly that I absolutely loved as a juvenile, but she has struggled to really build on a good debut season. I don't think she's a miler um, myself. I know she won the she won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf very well, and if it's really rattling quick round, then you know she's able to get a mile. Um, but I do think she's more effective over the shorter trips. Now I'm not sure there's going to be a strong pace on here. A Roma missed random harvest. I thought were potential pace angles, but uh, they don't really stay much further than a mile, and I don't think they're going to be going um, at it hard out in front. So if 
it is a slowly run race then meditate she could be one to maybe fill the places if she's able to to use her turn of foot um to good effect in the finish but i, I don't see her beating in spiral uh, now coppice i was quite surprised to see her um declared for this race because i was under the impression that um when she won at Newmarket last week in the Rosemary Stakes. I thought that was her final run in the UK because um, John Gosden was was saying that she was going to continue her career uh, in America, um, which will be exciting to follow when she goes there. But uh, they're going to give her another go at Group 1 level, and I think it's probably worth giving her uh, a chance. Things didn't really go her way when she was running in the the Falmer stakes at Newmarket on the July course um, during the summer. She was drawn out on on the wing. She was racing wide and she didn't really get involved. Um, But I think she's better than that. And she proved it at listed level when when last seen. Um, So 12 to 1, she could maybe go well. But again, I don't see her beating in spiral. Um, I think she's really the class of the field and uh, she's probably going to be a really solid favourite on the day. Okay, and Spiral it is for Katie. I thought Heredia was worth another go here. Um, obviously been in great form of late, winning two on the bounce, won a group three at Sandam last time out. She doesn't win by far, but she's just got such an impressive turn, turn of foot, you know, and Richard Hannon won this race uh, a couple of times with likes of Billiston Brook, who was one of my favourites. And I just think he does well with these kind of fillies, you know, especially when they get older. He's had a few good fillies over the years when they're, when they're getting on. Uh, I just think the way that she was held uh, in regard as a three-year-old career when she was pretty much quoted as a good thing to, to win um, to win at Royal Ascot when she landed that gamble at 7-2, to win the Sandringham, I've always thought she was going to go places, and I just think it didn't quite happen for her towards the the back end of last season. But this season, she looks like she's found a ton of improvement, and for me, I think she's a little bit underestimated here. It'd be interesting to see how the market reacts to her on the day. But I do think uh, if the likes of Meditate do go forward, they might just set up, set up for the closers, and I do think Heredia at uh, ten to one isn't a bad each way uh, poker. I would probably just give her uh, the nod from, from 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 me. So, yeah, she's going to be my idea of the winner in the Sun Chariot. So we're going to move on to the last race we're going to talk about, uh, which is the feature race at Redcar for their season. It is the 245 uh, William Hill two-year-old trophy uh, listed race for the juveniles. Only 11 runners this year. We normally see a bigger field, but... To be fair, it's not a bad renewal. There's a few decent types in here. Dragon Leader is your favourite. He's odds on at four to six. We've then got Killian at four to one, Flashinello at thirteen to two, Action Point at fourteens, Love Billy Boy at twenties, Works for Art twenties as well. Bigger are the rest. Katie Dragon Leader. He's been quite impressive so far this season. But just uh, uh, touch uh, short uh, in the Doncaster sales race. Do we think he's going to get back to winning ways here? He could do. Uh, he was really impressive when winning at the York Ebor Festival. Um, I'd say he's got a favourite chance in here. It's probably not a race I'd be having a bet in. Uh, he's short enough at six to four on. 
Um, and I'd probably let him win at that. Uh, the one that could possibly show a bit more improvement is Killian. Uh, they thought quite a bit of him, um, it seems, before he's been exposed now, really. And, uh, you know, you'd like to think he'd be a little bit better than he's shown the last couple of occasions. Uh, so he's maybe just one to keep an eye on. And Ballon d'Or for Hugo Palmer, around 40 to 1, I thought it was quite a big price. Um, now, on recent form, he's got a lot to, to prove, but... Um, I quite like this horse. Uh, he finished six um, in a, a class two hand nursery handicap at York, behind the likes of Gushing Gold. Inish Fallen was in there as well. I don't think it's too bad a form that line, and uh, forty to one is is a lot of, of value there um, for a race of, of this type. So I think Ballon d'Or maybe from an each way. Angle could be one to outrun his odds, um, but I wouldn't be jumping to take on Dragon Leader. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with Action Point here for Holly Doyle and Archie Watson. Has been holding his own in some some uh, group races in the last couple of starts. Finished third in the group. Uh, no, sorry, been holding his own in group races of late. Finished uh, fourth in the Group Three. Over at Chantilly last month. Didn't think that was a bad run there. Fourth again the time before that at York uh, in the Gimcrack behind um, Lake Forest. And then won a listed race the time before that at, um, at Newbury when he was a big price, 14 to 1. He always seems to be a little bit overlooked. But I think in this kind of grade, he's more than capable of holding his own. He does have to give away a bit of weight to some of his rivals. But if Holly can ping him out, get a good position, we know he can be a tough nut to, to pass might just be able to hold his own and maybe nick a place here at 14 to 1. So if you wanted an each way selection, I thought action point could be the way to play. So that's all the main ITV races covered for this weekend. Katie, um, is there any other horses that caught your eye um, that are running over the next couple of days? Well, sticking at Redcar, uh, Soulseeker has been a horse to follow this season. It's been running really well, winning plenty of times and, and running consistently when beaten too. Um, so I'd say that he's got a very good chance in the last at Redcar. There was another at uh, Ascot that I quite like the look of in the 410, uh, the October stakes, a listed race for the Phillies and Mares. Queen Aminatu for William Haggis. Now she's yet to win on turf, but I think this is, is quite a good opportunity um, for her to do that. It's a it's a nice enough race, but um, I think that she is shown enough to suggest that she could um, have that little bit more improvement in her um, and finally, finally land a win on turf. There's also a, a nice group three for the Phillies, uh, two-year-old Phillies at the Curra. Aidan O'Brien has brilliant and content in there, but they're both going to have to improve if they're to compete with Natalia Lupini's Kitty Rose, who's been in court three times. She was seriously impressive um, at the Irish Champions Festival when beating a field, including content. And she's going to be very difficult to beat once again here. But one to keep an eye on maybe is Jessica Harrington's See the Boss, who I was really taken by on debut at, at Tipperary. Uh, she reappeared quickly then at Leopardstown, was beaten for and a quarter lengths by Kitty Rose. But she didn't get the easiest trip around. She was quite wide coming around the home bend um, at Leopardstown and 
she had a bit to make up. But I think she could be one for the future for connections. Um, being by Sea the Moon, you'd expect she'd be able to show a bit further improvement stepping up in trip. Um, but she is one that, that could go well on Saturday at the cover. Okay, a few then to watch out from Casey. I've just got one to watch for the weekend. If the ground does continue to dry out as they say it is, I thought Mountain Peak could be interesting. Don't have any prices in front of me. But um, really bounced back to form last time out when just uh, caught, on, caught late on by Call Me Ginger at Ascot. Loves quick ground, so would ideally wanna, want it to um, stay, uh, stay dry. But if you look at some of his form from what he was doing last year, he's undoubtedly really well handicapped now. He's off for marker 92. He was raised £2 for his latest effort. But if you go back through his form, he was winning uh, a decent sprint handicap. Uh, over this course and distance back in July 2022 off the mark of 102 so arguably he's uh, got a few pounds uh, in hand on on his best form and I just like the way he bounced back last time out there was definitely more life in him and Ed Walker's uh, team as well been amongst the winners of late operating at 23% strike rate and Tom Marquand is no bad jockey booking so yeah that's uh, my one to watch away from the main action this weekend but that's all we've got time for on this episode of the podcast thanks again to Katie for giving up her time uh, please remember to gamble responsibly follow us on all the social media platforms we're available on Twitter and Instagram and we'll be seeing you again soon Thank <laughs> you.